Uh, If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Genesis, chapter number 26. It should not be hard for you to find. It's in the first book of the Bible. So I would not give you long. Um, In that time, I do want to say I am so thankful for the leadership that you all have here. Uh, And Pastors Doyle and Mararia Adams, I applaud and thank you for your faithfulness, your dedication, your perseverance, your courage, your boldness to proclaim the gospel, uh, and your commitment to this community. Um, It's not hard to find a pastor. It is hard to find good ones. Um, And it's even rarer to find great ones. And I do believe that in Pastors Doyle and Mararia Adam, you have great pastors. And if you go to EBC, you should be able to say amen to that. Genesis chapter number 26. I want to read a few verses in your hearing, starting at the 12th verse. Um, I'm so excited. Uh, I I don't have sermons that, um, like, I have in a file. Um, and I don't think there's anything, if you have an evangelistic call on your life, God may give you four five, six, seven sermons and you just preach those sermons everywhere. I don't have sermons like that. Uh, the sermons that the Lord gives me, I only have permission to preach them when he gives me permission to preach them. I, I don't go to churches and I'm like, I think this will work. If the Holy Spirit doesn't speak, I can't say nothing. I can count on one hand the times he's given me permission to preach this sermon, this sermon, which means he feels a way about y'all that I hope you catch today because I've literally only preached this message like four times in my life. So last night when he told me this was the message for today, I was like, oh, you really like these people a lot. And if you can receive this, the way you live the rest of your life will not be with your head down. If you can receive this message I'm about to preach, the way you read, the way you live the rest of your life is going to be with such a boldness and a confidence that it doesn't matter what season you find yourself in. You are going to know no matter what. You're blessed. God is with you. So starting from the 12th verse, here's what it says. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, And servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley where he set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. 
Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds from Gerar came and claimed this, claimed the spring. This is our water, they said, and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Isaac, which means argument. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last. He didn't say it like that. At last, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. From there, Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the Lord. I am the God of your father, Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshiped the Lord. He set up his camp at that place and his servants dug another well. If you're taking notes on this message, very simple uh, uh, title. How many nerds do we have in the room? You like taking notes on the message. All right. I see. I see. Your pen. You raise your hand with your pen in your hand. She was like, this is the pen I write with, Pastor. It's blue. Very simply, four words, the blessing of Isaac. That's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you today about the blessing of Isaac. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, bless us indeed. Amen. I pray quick. <laughs> I'm the one you want over for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, Isaac sits in between two very important people uh, in the covenant promise of God to a group of people that he still has a covenant with today, which is Israel. The only country that I know of uh, that is based on a wrestling match with God. Isaac sits in between Abraham, who was the father of our faith, and Jacob, who is the multiplier of our faith. Abraham's step out of faith is so legendary that he even has a song that testifies about it. I'm old enough, even though I look young enough, I'm old enough to remember this song. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons have five. I am one of them. 
And so were you. So were you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right on. Some of y'all went to camp. Some of y'all remember. Some of y'all remember camp. Abraham has a song after him. Abraham is the father of the faith. He is the one that steps out into nowhere until God tells him you're going somewhere. Abraham literally is going to sacrifice Isaac on a mountain. He gets his arm up with a dagger in hand to strike down on his son before an angel says, Abraham, Abraham, stop. It was only a test. And there was a ram that's caught in the thicket that is supposed to be the sacrifice. Jacob is the multiplier. Through this man, we literally get the 12 sons of Israel that become the 12 tribes of Israel. There's a lot of narrative around Abraham. And there is compelling narrative around Jacob. But what if you're Isaac? Isaac doesn't have the the, the narrative of stepping out on faith and doing something supernatural. He doesn't have the narrative of being the multiplier of the children of Israel and, and setting up the promises of God. Isaac is in between these faith movers. Isaac is in between these compelling figures. But scripture is very, very clear. Every time God in the Old Testament would remind the children of Israel of who he is, he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Which means Isaac must be an important figure because he does not skip him. He doesn't say, I'm the God of Abraham and Jacob. He says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But what do you do when you're not your daddy? And what do you do when you're not your son? What is our position when we're not the one that's called to step out on faith and do something radical for Jesus? How are we to behave when we're not the one that's called to do something that multiplies what God wants to do? Our only recourse is to be faithful. Our only recourse is to not mess it up. Isaac is not Abram. He is not Jacob, but he is the one that connects the two. I haven't been called to step out into something. I haven't been called to multiply anything, but I have been called to remain consistent and faithful with the promise. You see, I want to I talk to the Isaacs in the room today, the, the ones that may not be the one to start the ministry, the one that may not be called to be the multimillionaire of the promise or to expand a business or to do something that, that makes headlines or, or to grow a church to 20,000 people. But what if that call is to just be faithful to your wife? What if that call is simply to be the one that's dependable on that job for 25 years? What if you are the neighbor that everybody trusts in the community because that person is so consistent? What if you're Isaac? Not the one 
to step out, not the one to multiply, but just the one to remain consistent. See, in church, we like to hype up the people that do all the dope, really big stuff. And if you're the consistent one, it's kind of like, oh, you're boring. God's not doing much with you. But what if you are, in being consistent, the one that all the promises are depending on? What if you're part of the generation that literally just carries on the promise of God until there is a Jacob? What if the season of life that you're in is just to be faithful through your entire life and it's your grandchild that's going to be the next great revivalist in this nation? What if the prophetic word you received as a teenager, you've been wrestling for the last 40 years thinking, God, I thought it was me. And the Lord's like, it ain't you. All I need you to do is be a godly example in your home. The promise is for your great, great grandchild. But if they didn't see you praying every day, and if they didn't see you on your knees every day, and if they didn't see you going to church every day, they would never have the template. Pass on the testimony of how faithful God has been in your life and watch what he does in the next generation. I have never been concerned with what God wants to do with me. All I want to know is, God, is it going to make it into my sons and their children and their children and their children? Because he is a generational God. If it stops with you, then it was about you. This is why we're celebrating today 140 years. Do you know this church? has had less pastors than this nation has had presidents? If that's not consistency, child, I don't know what is. 140 years and there's only been 10 pastors at this church? I know some people who have been in the workforce less than 20 years and got more jobs on their resume than the pastors of this church. But this is what happens when you dig a well and you get fresh water. You see, Isaac is not this compelling figure, but he is the one that has been chosen by God to steward the faith that Abraham was entrusted with until his son could multiply it. In the narrative that I just read to you, Isaac is already a blessed man. The promise of God is already on his life as it was his daddy. And he sold uh, agriculturally and in that same year uh, received a hundredfold harvest. The man was blessed. He was so blessed, he made his neighbors jealous. The king of the land was so angry at the blessings he saw from this one man that he kicked him out of the country. We read it. It's so hilarious to me. Go somewhere else. I'm sick of seeing you prospering right in front of me. Because we've all got a piece of land as well, and we have all sown our seeds for the harvest, and nobody has got a crop like you have. We're sick of you. Leave. And here is what is so profound to me about Isaac. Isaac 
I've never seen nothing like it. Isaac doesn't argue. Isaac doesn't fight. Isaac doesn't go to God and say, kill them all, Lord. He just leaves without putting up a fuss. He doesn't get on his knees, Lord, I don't know why this persecution is coming toward me. All I'm doing is planting my seed just like anybody else trying to get a harvest. God, would you do something on my behalf? He was like, oh, you don't want me here? Bye. And he just leaves. With his family in tow, with his servants behind him, he just finds another spot. And he's like, you know what? Um, This is a good spot. Let's go over here. And they get over here, and they dig a well. And they dig a well in a place that his father had already been. Some people had come and uh, uh, dug over those wells and, and filled them all in. They scooped all that dirt out, dug deep, and water came out. Water came out, they're like, oh, this is a blessing, we're going to stay here. Let's camp right here. Now, they have the mud between their toes. They have the blisters on their hands as proof that we are the ones that dug in this spot. Some people come up very nicely dressed. No mud on them, nowhere. No blisters on their hands, nowhere. And try to claim this well. This is our well. And they're like, no, it's not. They're like, yes, it is. This is ours. And he's like, no, it's not. We, we've, we've worked here. We have the proof that we've been here. And they're like, no, it's not. It's our well. You know what Isaac does? He's like, go ahead and have it. I'll leave. Bye. Now, either Isaac is a coward or he knows something that we don't. Isaac leaves completely unbothered, goes to another spot and says, let's just dig here. And they pull out their shovels and they start digging, scooping out dirt, water comes out. Water comes out, they're like, great, we'll camp here. Then some other people came. We all read it. Some other people came and they're like, this is our well. Why do y'all keep doing this? You don't have no mud between your toes. Your clothes ain't dirty. There's no blisters on your hands. We was here first. This is our well. Man, go ahead. What? Y'all can go ahead and have it. Bye. Everywhere Isaac went and dug, somebody else tried to claim it for themselves. And Isaac was so secure in who he was and who his God was that he said, y'all can, y'all can have it. There's no need for us to fight. And he moves around. He goes to these different places and dig these wells. The first place, he calls it Esik because there was, an, there was an argument. Then he goes to another place to dig a well, and he calls it Sitna because of its hostility. 
The last place he goes to dig a well, he digs and digs and water comes out. And I can imagine at this time, Isaac's just waiting for somebody to come claim it. I don't know which hater about to pop up now. But I'm going to just hang out right here and see which one of y'all are going to try to claim this one. And nobody claims it. And he goes, there's no argument here. We will call this place Rehoboth. We are under an open space. Literally, we are under an open heaven. There is no contention here. This is how we know God has given us this place. After doing so, he erects an altar, a memorial to worship to the Lord, and then scripture says they dig another well. The reason why I entitled the name, the, 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 the name of this message, The Blessing of Isaac, is because I want us to know something that Isaac knew. And that is the reason why Isaac does not argue and try to defend what he had here. Nor does Isaac try to argue and defend what he had there. Nor was he going to argue and defend what he had here. Because Isaac knew that the blessing was not on the place. Isaac knew that his blessing was not contingent on a geographical location. As long as I have this house, as long as I have that job, as long as I'm in this place, this is where the Lord's blessing is. No. Isaac knew when he let this well go that when he walked away, wherever he went next, that's where God's blessing was going to be. Isaac knew that when he got to this well and there was an argument over it, that if I walk away from this place, y'all get water. But you won't have the blessing. Because as soon as I leave. I don't know who I'm preaching to in here. As soon as I walk away, what you'll have is water for a season. But I'll still have his blessing for a lifetime. Because God's blessing is not on the location. It's actually on me. And if you could get this mindset in your head, that no matter what season you find yourself in life, God's blessing is on you. Then it wouldn't matter what season you're in. It wouldn't matter what job you hold. It wouldn't matter what title you've been given. You know that when you walk in, his blessing, thank you, Holy Spirit, you are blessed when you come in. You will be blessed when you go out. 
When you get hired at the business, the business actually gets more blessed. See, I'm trying to change some mindsets here. We think when we get a job, oh, my goodness, I got blessed with a job. No, when you change this mindset, you go, oh, my goodness, y'all got blessed with me. (laughs) Do you know how much better your company is going to perform now that you hired me? Do you know I got the promises and a covenant with God on the inside of me? You ain't got to hear me pray loud. I don't have to be demonstrative. When I show up, all of heaven shows up with me. When I show up, the whole kingdom shows up with me. Listen, I don't talk from theory. Anything I preach about, I live. If I haven't lived it, I don't preach it. Those are the worst sermons you could ever preach. Because you won't have no passion behind it. You'll just be reading words off a page like, and then the Lord did that. (laughs) But when you live it, it hits different. There has never been any place I've been. Now, now, now I'm not going to try to embellish and act like I knew this principle my whole life. I did not. But when the Lord let me read this and gave me the revelation on this passage... And I thought to myself, I don't have to be Abraham, Jacob, David, Daniel, Paul, Jesus. I ain't got to be nobody. I can just be Isaac. And wherever I go, a blessing comes with me. People can't even explain it. But when I show up, a blessing just happens to come with me. I wish I'd have known this sooner. But I know he didn't give it to me sooner because my pride wouldn't have been able to handle it at that time. I'd have had too much of a bop in my head like, yeah, I'm, right, I'm here. So he didn't let me know this until my late 30s or I could steward it correctly. And once I understood it, I thought to myself, I started looking back over my life and I was like, is that why we were so blessed during that season? He was like, yeah. And was that why I was unbothered when I got fired? He said, yeah. You get a job, you lose a job. Here's the the mindset. Okay. That's fine. You was never my supplier anyway. I remember when when I first moved to uh, Texas, I worked for CarMax, the auto superstore. I left that job and came back three times. I was in my early 20s. In your 20s, you're trying to figure out everything. I left that job and came back three times. Every time I came back, the department I was in was blessed. I wish I would have known it at the time. I just told him, leave the door open because you know when I come back. (laughs) You know when I come back, the sales are going to go up, so just leave the door open. But the truth of the matter is, if you can get this mindset into your everyday life, listen, the blessings of the God, the blessings of the Lord are, are beautiful and magnificent. And, but listen, let, can we be honest? Everybody in here ain't going to be no multimillionaire. If everybody in here winds up an entrepreneur and the CEO of a company, who's going to work for you? Everybody the CEO? Ain't got no employees. (laughs) You may 
not be at the top, but you ain't going to ever be at the bottom. You look at Isaac's life. There's nothing about Isaac's life that's like standing out. He almost got killed by his daddy. It's like the greatest thing that ever happened to Isaac. Who wants that on a resume? Hey, what did God use your, use your life for? Well, I'd almost get murdered by my dad. But God. Isaac's real blessing is, hey, I, I, I was never called to step out on faith like my daddy. I was never called to multiply like my son. But I can tell you, every place I showed up, God blessed me. No matter what situation I was in, God blessed me. He was simply faithful to me. When people told me to get out of their country, he blessed me. When people tried to come and overrun the wells I dug, he blessed me. They thought they was running me off of property that was expensive, not knowing I was the one that was expensive. They thought the spot was blessed. They forgot I was blessed. And everywhere I showed up, God simply blessed me. If you read through the rest of the chapter, I, I left some of it uh, uh, for you to just go back home and study and, and, and read to just be amused by. The same people that kicked them out of the country came back. I love when God does stuff like this. They came back and was like, hey, um, Mr. Isaac. Hey, sir. Hey, hey. <laughs> Do you know why? Because when Isaac left, the blessing left. And the next year, that harvest that he got, they thought they were going to get. But it didn't do the same for them as it did for him. And they realized, I don't, ooh, I think, mm, oh, it's connected. <laughs> they started doing simple math and was like, I mm, carry the one. Oh, it's him. So they went back. Abimelech goes back and he's like, hey, man, you know we always been good to you. <laughs> amnesia is crazy, ain't it? Selective amnesia. Hey, you know, we, you know, we didn't mean it like that. We're so sorry. Can we, can we have a covenant? Can we make a truce? And because Isaac's not petty, I'm trying to help somebody with this one right here. You have to be ready to forgive people that have despitefully used you and mistreated you. I didn't even know I was going to say this one. This is, this is just bonus. There are some people that are going to step back into your life with an apology. Don't let bitterness block your next blessing. Your next whale depends on your forgiveness of them. I got Bible for it. I'll just read it. I'll just read it. I'll just read it. I didn't know I was going to read this part. I'm going to just read it so I know I'm messing up all the, all the people because I didn't give you these scriptures. Deal with it. All right, so <laughs> starting from verse number 26. One day came Abimelech, came from Gerar with his advisor Ahuzath, and also uh, Phicol or, or Fickle. I think it's fickle. That would be even funnier. His, his, his army commander, why have you come here, Isaac asked. You obviously hate me. 
since you kicked me off your land, that we can plainly see that the Lord is with you. <laughs> so we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us just as we have never troubled you. Can you? Let me tell you something. That selective amnesia is crazy. That gaslighting is bonkers. You know, we've always treated you fairly and correctly. We have always treated you well. And we sent you away from us in peace. And now look how the Lord has blessed you as if they did it. We fired you from the company, but then look what the Lord did for you. Want to come back? So Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty, and they ate and drank together. Early the next morning, they, took, they each took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again, and they left in peace. That very day, hear me. That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well they had dug. We found water, they exclaimed. So Isaac named the well Sheba, which means oath. And to this day, the town that grew up there is called Beersheba, which means well of the oath. Your very next well may be how well you forgive. The very same day that he chose not to be petty, God gave him even another well. Listen, EBC, 140 years ago, somebody just was a fool enough to believe God and dug a well here. And over 140 years, he has not let this well dry up. It has literally sustained and been sustained and been blessed and now multiply because he just had the faith to dig. And I don't know how many contests, I don't know how many challenges, I don't know how many things have tried to come against this movement. But God's faithfulness has prevailed. For 140 years. And we are simply the ones passing through. What's going to be wild is when there is the 240th anniversary. We ain't going to be here, though. I hate to tell you. The way, the way life is set up and, like, the fallen nature of man, we're going to be in heaven. But can you imagine us being the great cloud of witnesses talking about we was in there? I went there for like six months. I was there for like five years. I got a name in the wall. I've been here since the beginning. Well, not the beginning of 140 years. If you are here, I want to meet you. <laughs> but I've been on this journey for at least 25. And I've seen God's faithfulness all through these years. I've seen the changes all through the years. The changes have been amazing, but the consistency to God has been the same. And I, as I close, I just want you to know God's blessing is on you. 
If you can walk out with this mindset that the blessing is not on where you are, that it's actually on you. It'll change the way you show up and it'll change the way you leave anywhere and everywhere. Not with arrogance, but with humility. You can walk into a position and know I'm here and I'm here now. So you're going to be blessed. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, I thought I was done. One story. So so um, uh, three years ago, uh, I have a friend of mine, a, 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 a very wealthy friend of mine. OK, so 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 let me give you receipts. Because these are not my receipts. I'm just talking about him. So my friend owned a company. He cashed out of that company for half a billion dollars. Billion would be. Okay? So the dude cashed out for $500 million. Y'all with me? Okay. He asked me, would I come on and be a brand ambassador for this company that he started? I said, absolutely. So I, I became a, the brand ambassador. And, um, uh, you, you know, um, shared every, with everybody about this company and told everybody to be a part of it. Company didn't do that well. And in my prayer time, the Holy Spirit was like, you need to have a conversation with him that's going to be very uncomfortable for you and probably uncomfortable for him, but you need to have it. And I was like, I'm too scared to have that conversation with him, sir. Uh, he's been really, really good to me. He was like, have the conversation. So I sat with him and I said, hey, um, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know how you gonna. I don't know how you gonna. How you gonna think about me after this? But I'm gonna just tell you. And then if you're mad, I completely understand. I'd be mad too. When I went through the scenario in my mind and said it, I was mad at myself. So if you're mad, you're gonna be gonna be consistent with my attitude. So here it goes. I was like, you know what? You asked me to be the brand ambassador for this company. I should actually be running the company. And I was like, I know this lunch about to be over. <laughs> he said, you are absolutely right. I said, oh, I didn't, that's not exactly what I, <laughs> was not the reaction I thought I was going to get from you. He was like, no, you're absolutely right. And I think, um, you know, we need to figure that out. I was like, well, um, I don't know what to figure out because, like, I, the only way I would have ran the company is if you would have brought me in in the beginning. So I'm not actually saying it for me to, I'm just telling you that's how it should have started and it didn't and I, that's why I don't think it worked. Cause like, I need to dig the well. I don't need to come after the well is dug. He was like, no, no, you're right. So, so then the Lord gives me an idea for a company and I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna make that work. And then the Lord brings back the same guy. Two months later, God gave him the same idea but not the part that God gave me. God gave me the vision for it. This dude had the money for it. So he comes back to me and he was like, here's what I think the Lord is telling me to do. I said, that's very, very interesting because I feel like the Lord told me to do this. And he was like, this is exactly what the Lord wants us to do. And I'm opening up and let's start this company. So I met with him last Friday. Nine days ago, I met with him. We sit down and he said, I just want to make it clear so that so that we're on the same page. This is not my company. It's just my money. And I already talked to my wife and she told me she doesn't care if I give it all away. I'm supposed to help you be successful at this company. 
And to that end, all of my resources are yours. I said, okay. I said, I got to tell you that on my, on, on my uh, most vulnerable days, the thought that consumes my mind is I need to give this guy a return on his investment because I'm really, really deep in his pockets. And his response was, stop thinking like that. We're going to make money, but we have to spend money. And I have the money to spend. But you are the CEO of this company. And I said, okay. <laughs> Listen, y'all. Just dig your well. And if there's a contest over it and a challenge over it, walk away. Just walk away. I'm going to fight for it in Jesus' name. You're going to steal this from me. The blessing's not on the thing. It's on you. So take you to a place where there's going to be peace. Instead of fighting for something, that's always going to be contested anyway. God's blessing is on me. Say it with me. God's blessing is on Now put your hand on your heart. God's blessing is on me. Say it with your chest. God's blessing is on me. A little bit louder with attitude. God's blessing is on me. Put your head into it now. God's One more time, real loud. I promise that'll change the way you walk into a building. You ain't got to say it in front of a bunch of strangers, but before you walk into the interview, God. Hello, my name is Tim Ross. I'm here for the interview. When it's time for a promotion. If you own your own business, it's on you. It's on Isaac. You may never be Abraham, and you don't have to be. You may never be Jacob, and you don't have to be. But you can be Isaac. You can be faithful. My daddy, Charles Edward Ross, he's Isaac. Worked for the Postal Service for 33 years. Got us out the hood two times. Some of y'all know what that's about. You get out the first hood about 20 miles. Ten years later, the hood comes out to the suburbs. Then you got to (laughs) go... 67 miles. My daddy drove 90 miles one way to work. That's how far he moved us out of the hood so we wouldn't be in a dangerous environment. God's blessing was on that man. None of y'all know Charles Edward Ross. But let me tell you something about him. God's blessing was on that man. And he gave birth to a multiplier. Who still has a mindset of his daddy. And I'm telling you, you can live the rest of your life with this mindset. 
and it'll change the way you look at every circumstance that's in your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, my assignment today was to tell you that God's blessing is on you. My assignment was not to make you believe it. <laughs> my assignment was to proclaim it. This is not motivational. This is more than inspirational. This is the word of God. And I believe this mindset breaks poverty mentalities. It'll break a mentality of self-sabotage. It'll break a mentality of cynicism. Codependency. So God, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now, your sons and daughters. And I ask God that you would take this message and this moment that you would help us to dig the wells that you have called us to dig. God, I pray that as we dig these wells, right where we are right now, that you would just allow an abundance, an abundance of water to spring forth in our souls, in our minds, in our relationships, in our businesses, on our jobs, with our children, with our spouses, with our friends. Lord God, let wells spring up everywhere that testify to the blessing of the Lord being on us. God, we come against any assignment of the enemy, any counterattack of the enemy to snatch this word out of our hearts. God, I thank you for your word and the power that it has to transform us from the inside out. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody that loves him said amen. Amen.